hey, what next listener? It's Mary. You know, it'd be kind of cool if we could like hang out. Here's the thing. We can. What Next is having our first live show this Saturday, June 8th, 1030 in the morning at the SVA Theater. It's all part of Slate Day 2019. You can still get tickets. You can see me interview comedian Wyatt Cenac, New York City public advocate Jumani Williams, and NBC legal analyst Mimi Roca. It's going to be a great time. You should come see us. You can get tickets at slate.com slash slate day 2019. One more thing. If you're hearing my voice right now, I can get you a special discount code for tickets. Just DM me on Twitter. I'm at Mary's desk. All right. See you there. Uh, all the way down there is the Rio Grande. You can see it's so our wall will butt up against the Rio Grande and come straight up. You're listening to a video that was shot along the U.S.-Mexico border. An Air Force veteran named Brian Colfage is broadcasting live in the simmering heat. You can see all the construction crews. They've been working day and night. He's showing off construction on his brand new, privately funded border wall. We're getting it done. Our politicians are not getting it done. They're not going to allow President Trump to build a wall. We have the only wall that's being built in the United States right now. This is a new wall. This is not a replacement wall. There was never anything here. So just keep going. Uh, we're not going to stop. And thank you all for giving, uh, giving us your donations for this project. Politico's Benjamin Schreckinger has been watching Brian Colfidge plan this project since December, when it was just an idea with a slick GoFundMe page a plan to build a wall with or without congressional funding. This thing sort of became a a news sensation. It raised about $23 million in in a matter of days. $23 million? Yes, and they say it was from a a total of 300-something thousand donors, which shows that there is a population out there that is very frustrated with border security and immigration policy. Uh, and is willing to put some amount of money behind that. At first, Brian Colfidge was going to give all the money he raised directly to the Treasury Department. But then he realized that's not how the government works. So he teamed up with the Trump World Super Squad, former White House strategist Steve Bannon, former Kansas Attorney General Chris Kobach. They got a nonprofit going. Brian, this is your dream. It looks like... I can see over your right shoulder that it is effectively coming true. You have a sense of satisfaction right about now? Oh, yeah. You know, it's just not my dream. It's protecting the American dream. And we've got the job done. We built the wall with the people's money. Why did you want to go down and report on this story? Because it seems like it's just a dog and pony show for the press. There is certainly the extent to which this is a spectacle. But for me, as someone who uh, covered the Trump campaign basically full-time going back to July of 2015, I very much watched something that was also viewed as a dog-and-pony show for the press, a spectacle, he doesn't mean it, this is you know, some sort of meta joke or a way of promoting his business. I saw that snowball into you know, the biggest political phenomenon probably in the United States of, of my lifetime. It's tempting to laugh at this border project. It seems absurd. But Benjamin Schreckinger says don't. 
I think that there is something about the Trump era where anytime you're capturing grassroots energy and channeling it online into something political, you can sort of blur the lines between what is a, a surreal stunt, a publicity stunt, and something that is politically meaningful. And I think that often we find that today's fringe is tomorrow's mainstream. Today on the show, the strange tale of how a group of Trump supporters started building the wall all on their own and why this small stretch of border has become a proving ground for businesses and politicians who want to catch the president's eye. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So take me there. You went to El Paso. You went out to this private border wall. Were you there for the ceremony that they had where they revealed it to the world? I was. And sort of the unveiling happened in a, in a few steps. On Monday, there was a, an announcement on Fox and Friends. This is Memorial Day. Yes, on Memorial Day. Let me get this straight. So you've been spending Memorial Day weekend literally building a wall in a gap in our border uh, on private land. The walls, is, is it almost done? Yes, it is almost done. And literally, we are standing in the gap and building the wall. Uh, it's extraordinary. It's to get to this site in the first place, you go down a couple miles of very bumpy dirt road that's on private property. Both times I showed up, there were these amateur guards wearing neon construction site vests who were asking people for credentials, and they had set up just with caution tape and a couple of barrels, a checkpoint, and they had to take the tape away so that you could drive through. There's large SUVs and pickup trucks driving around, and then further, there are a bunch of large pieces of construction equipment. And people are coming and going. Some of them appear to be more friends of the landowner. Some of them were members or friends of these so-called angel families who are the, the relatives of people who have been killed or allegedly killed in some cases by undocumented immigrants. And, and meanwhile, border patrol vehicles are, are coming and going across the property and, and the organizers say that they consulted with border patrol agents about how exactly to construct this wall. And I guess we should say this is private property, so anyone can do what they want on their own property. Did you talk to the landowner at all about why he wanted to do this? There are a couple of landowners. Uh, one is named George. He declined to talk to us. There's another named Jeff. I believe his name is Jeff Allen, who uh, had been quoted in a couple of local papers uh, by the time I showed up last Wednesday. He was one of the first people I ran into. He was he was driving around and telling me not to go to the construction site without a hard hat. And I I asked to talk to him, and he said, every time I've spoken to the papers, my words have been twisted, so I won't talk to you. What organizers have said is that people are coming across this land. They say that there's been uh, drug smuggling across this land. 
And now there's a wall going up, a wall on private land. Chris Kobach joins us now. Chris, thanks for joining us. So this project had been rolled out on Memorial Day where this guy, Chris Kobach, who had just run for governor of Kansas and lost, appeared and said, here I am. I'm going to build this wall myself, essentially. Where that wall ends, there's been a half mile gap and it was a ridiculously large gap that... Uh, was Chris Kobach there? He was. And he was dealing, on, on on Wednesday, he was dealing with some of the fallout of that unveiling because as soon as it became national news that in this very small town in New Mexico, this structure had gone up, the organizers started hearing from town officials, from the mayor, that this was a, a zoning violation. And Kobach, who is a lawyer, was sort of taking the lead on the legal issues with the project. Uh, and he ended up spending when, most of Wednesday negotiating with the town. How did this guy from Kansas become linked in with the idea of building a private border wall? That's a great question. I wish I knew more about Kobach's political trajectory. For many years, he has been identified with hardline opposition to immigration. There is this you know, somewhat tight-knit world of these right-wing anti-immigration populists who have congregated around Trump. So my impression is that once this GoFundMe sort of caught the imagination of the anti-immigration right and that Steve Bannon got involved, it was a very short hop from Bannon to people he knows like Kobach and Eric Prince and the pitcher Kurt Schilling. Uh, who all ended up being attached to this project in, in one way or another. Well, at the same time that he was working on this wall, he was campaigning for a job in the White House, right? That's position, right. Yeah, if the president needs me and it's a position where I could actually make a difference, uh, then, yeah, I've, I've told him I'm, I'm ready to, to step in and help. And a week or two before this wall unveiling, uh, the New York Times got its hands on a list of conditions that he gave the administration for accepting an immigration czar job. Uh, that a lot of people inside the administration consider it to be presumptuous. One of them was 24-7 access to a government jet. Then I also asked him if he considered this wall project in any way a tryout. I don't see it that way. Um, and He did say that he had last spoken to the president in the Oval Office about the project three weeks before the unveiling, and the president was very interested in some of the technical details of it and remained supportive of it. It's interesting to me that you talk about building this wall as a kind of tryout for someone like Chris Kobach, who would love to be working in the White House or in the administration in some way. Because while a lot of the reporting around this wall has focused on this nonprofit, We Build the Wall, and the GoFundMe, the people who are actually putting this fence in the ground is a for-profit company called Fisher Industries, right? It's kind of a tryout for everyone. Yeah, that, that's right. And probably for uh, for no one more so than Fisher Industries. Fisher Industries' newly developed and innovative mobile form cast-in-place process offers the ideal solution for the Customs and Border Patrol Border Wall Project. This At this unveiling ceremony, Tommy Fisher, the, the head of the company, spoke about why the government should look at this project as a success and, and give him contracts. And he 
at one point compared himself to Tom Brady. The president will, if he allows us to play and our team of Fisher Industries to play, I guarantee you no different than Tom Brady. Once we get in, we never come out. And, and he basically said, you know, we haven't had a chance to build border wall yet, but, you know, once we get off the bench, uh, we're going to be like Tom Brady. We're never going to get back on the bench because we're going to, you know, be the, the greatest wall builders the government has ever seen. Assuming this is a 30-foot steel slat, what, what they're looking for. And how do you do a mile a day like you're proposing? That's, uh, that seems like a tremendously fast pace. Well, it's so innovative, but our patented hanging system is so revolutionary. It's like comparing the iPhone to a payphone. And that's what Tommy Fisher, the head of Fisher Sand and Gravel, has been trying to get the president's attention for months, appearing on Fox News to make the case directly that his company should be the government's go-to wall builder. The Department of Homeland Security reportedly disagrees. Fisher Sand and Gravel has a history of environmental and tax violations, Fisher's previous attempt to build a border wall resulted in a project that was late and over budget with a wall that didn't meet the government's specifications. And in April, after losing an initial bid to build walls at the U.S.-Mexico border, Fisher sued the U.S. government. Despite all of this, the Washington Post reports the president has been lobbying his own administration on Fisher's behalf. When we started talking, you talked about how this project looked like a spectacle, but so did the Trump campaign when it started. And you're sort of curious how this spectacle evolves. And I just wonder what watching this play out over the last few months tells you about how the business of the border wall is really working. It showed me more about sort of the way in which genuine political sentiment and these sort of political entrepreneurs and other moneyed interests with a, just a much more purely economic interest can sort of all come together on the fly to try to accomplish policy goals and make money at the same time. And that's how a lot of politics works on a grand scale, but seeing it sort of in this you know, somewhat surreal project, I thought was an interesting case study object lesson. Ben Schreckinger, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. Ben Schreckinger is a reporter at Politico. And that's the show. What Next is hosted by me, Mary Harris, and produced by Mary Wilson, Jason DeLeon, and Ethan Brooks. We are going to be doing this live show Saturday, June 8th in New York City. For details, go to slate.com slash slateday2019. You can get tickets there, and I would love to see you. One more thing, if you've listened this far, I can get you a discount ticket. Just DM me. I'm at Mary's desk. Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow.